Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK times. I've got the full band back together, although I'm not happy with this arrangement. Oh, there we go. That's that's more accustomed to what we've got used to. Bailey, how are we doing? Are we good? Are we well? Yeah, I'm good, TC. It's good to be back with the boys in, in full flow, in a full team, full strength again. It's good to see. Yeah. It's good to see. Absolutely. We've suffered like Arsenal at the end of last season without uh, our starting fullbacks, uh, but we've returned. Chris, how are we doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, TC. Hope you're both doing okay. Hope everyone tuning in this morning as well as well. Absolutely. Um, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Thank you for doing so. Please do subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. We are very close, if not have not already. I haven't actually checked the numbers this morning uh, to hitting 13,000 subscribers on the channel. We are at 12.9k. So if you could drop a subscription if I haven't done so already, it really would help us out. Drop a like as well if you are tuning in too. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. Hope you're doing good and well. Um, we're going to kick off with news regarding Bukayo Saka. Um, yes, the reports Manchester City supposedly stepping up their interest, monitoring the situation with just two years left on his deal. Um, he is a player that could be vulnerable for Arsenal to lose. Bailey, is, are you worried? Are you concerned, scared? How are we feeling? I think we should be concerned. I think we should be concerned because I remember after the Newcastle game, when, he, when it's basically confirmed we're going to get top four, my biggest worry was tying Bakai Saka down to a new contract. Now we do not have Champions League football. I think Man City's interest, of course, it means that we are going to have to really, really push hard to get Saka to a new contract, whether that means overpaying, then we have to overpay to get him because he is the face of the franchise, as I always say. Bakai Saka is the face of Arsenal franchise, so we must keep mm. him at all costs. But Manchester City's interest is a worry because, of course, right now they're probably the one of the most attractive clubs to, to join in the Champions League football. They have Pep Guardiola under their hands, you're guaranteed trophies and which player doesn't want trophies. But at the same time, Bakai Saka loves Arsenal. Arsenal loves Bakai Saka. And hopefully this summer we can really tie him down because it's going to get worrying if we can't. But we did say, Football Delight London did report that he is one of our priorities this summer and we must continue with that priority. I think Bakai Saka, getting him to a new contract will be one of our best signings of the summer. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and the club seemingly do as well, because he is one of the priorities of the summer transfer window, more so than maybe some of the signings that we need to make. It's an important part of a successful club is keeping your best players. We know all too well as Arsenal fans what it's like to lose our best players. Looking back to the, the early 2010s, you know, Fabregas, Nazari, Van Persie, we remember them painfully. Uh, do you feel like this is a different state, Chris, for Arsenal, where we can have the ability to keep our best players like Saka at the club compared to those times in the early 2010s? Yeah, I think so. Obviously, uh, you, you know, you make that comparison. Things have changed a lot financially for for Arsenal. We're in a different situation now, um, but it, it still remains a concern. Um, you can look at it in two ways. You know, one being that it's very positive that you know our, our players are being linked with these big clubs. It's uh, it's a positive sign. It obviously means they're doing well, and the development is moving in the right direction. But obviously, we, that's been clear to see anyway because Bakayo has been obviously one of our, if not you know, our best player over the last couple of seasons. Um, and he's he's only going to get better because he's still very young. You know, that's the scary part. His potential is is immense. The ceiling is very, very high and he has the potential to, to go on to become one of the best uh, in football. Um, so, you know, that's what we're talking about here. That's the talent we're talking about. Um, I'm confident in, in, ter in terms of his, uh, you know, his... 
the short term future, I'm, I'm confident he, he'll he'll stay uh, with us. Um, I think he's enjoying his football. He's obviously got a crucial role under Mikel Arteta. Um, we've had a very good positive season, um, considering where where we were before before the last campaign. Um, and you know, a, a young, talented, exciting squad has been built, and I'm sure he wants to be part of that or continue to be part of that. Um, you know, obviously the transfer links this window are encouraging as well. Hopefully, there are signs of encouragement to him as well. You know, it seems that we're going to be ambitious, get some top quality players through the door to take us to the next level. And uh, I'm sure Bakaya will be, like I say, uh, encouraged by that. But, you know, we, we sit here, don't we? I mean, we talk about transfers every day. Um, but you could easily argue that tying down Bakaya on, on, to a new deal is, is equally as important as making those those new signings because as Bailey said, you know, he's he's the face of this football club at times, you know, he's crucial, his role is is huge, um, and his importance to the team and what he brings to the pitch week in, week out is is absolutely crucial to the to, to the success that we get as well. So um yeah, very important that we time down to a new deal. Hopefully we can get that sorted sooner rather than later because you do get the feeling that, you know, the longer it goes on um, the, 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 the confidence is, is there um, and it starts to dwindle a little bit. So, um, mm. yeah, I think the reports are also saying that, you know, the Man City aren't maybe looking to make a move this summer, but um, that just goes to show why it is so important in, in tying them down on a new deal. In the chat box, uh, Vicky says, we cannot afford to lose Saka. He doesn't even get injured. The guy is on his way to becoming an absolute beast uh, for Arsenal. I think that kind of, you know, is the... The widely regarded feeling about Saka, you know, one of our, he is our most important player. You know, he absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, is the most important player in the group right now. Top scorer, you know, he's one of our more creative players. He could be, you know, that future, if not already, the talisman of, of the group. And if Arsenal lose a player of that quality, um, it's a concern because I, I don't know how you replace it. You know, you could arguably say you bring in another winger that scores goals and stuff, but... You know, there's more than just that with Saka because he's got that link to the club coming through Hale and keeping your, your best graduates at the, at the club as well. I mean, would you ever be tempted by like a £100 million Grealish level bid, Bailey, from City? No, I'd, I'd class Saka as untouchable, personally, because we sell Saka for £100 million. Can we sign a player for £100 million who can have the same impact and same personality and same importance in the squad as Bukai Saka? I don't think you can. I'm not just talking about in terms of the quality of the player, but Bukai Saka has... He's Arsenal owned. He's very, he's a very own Arsenal. You can't buy another player who has the passion for the club, the love for the club, the connection with the fans. I think that that that's more than 100 million. That is much more than 100 million. You can't sign another player to come in and and suddenly replicate that. We've seen how Jack Grealish has gone to Manchester City and he struggled. There's no guarantee we sell Saka, replace him for another 100 million pound player, and they succeed. I think Saka, he's untouchable at Arsenal. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree. Chris, what would it have to take? What kind of number would I have to throw at you before you start getting tempted? Um, well, I think we need to add another 30 million at least to that to that sum you just mentioned. Um, you know, I mean, Grealish, what, he was 100 million, but he's he's obviously in his mid-20s. He's older than Saka, not as much potential and the ceiling is lower. Uh, Bakao Saka can go on to be better than than Jack Grealish. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, you know what? He's only 19 now, 20, I think. You know it, the, the ceiling, like I said earlier, is just very, very high. Um, but you know, Grealish is an interesting name to mention here because um, obviously we know from when the, obviously the Euros was happening, Grealish. There were some transfer links with Arsenal, and Saka seemed very close to to, to Jack as well. 
Um, and I'm sure they'll probably speak about this later down the line because, uh, as we mentioned there, Grealish's move hasn't worked out, I'm sure, in the way that he would have hoped for. Um, you can't say it's been a huge success, especially for that that sum that was paid for him. So maybe, you know, looking at Drac Grealish's move and, and, and speaking to him, it could actually um, turn Saka off in, in terms of that move to, to that potential move to City. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if they have discussions about that later down the line. Yeah, I agree. Um, looking into the chat box uh, and seeing what you guys are saying uh, about the possibility of this Carabao says we can't afford to lose Saka on a serious note. Yeah, absolutely. Canabri um, fits that kind of bill. If you were to lose him, would you see something like that to replace the the, the option to 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 replace him with someone like Canabri? Would that ha- make you happy, Bailey? If if Saka was to go, would Canabri replace him? There's no replacing because Saka. Nabi's a good player, but again, he's much older than than Saka as well. He's much older, so there's no replacing because Saka. Uh, Mano says, what's more frustrating is the sheer disrespect from these clubs thinking they could pick off our players. This Arsenal management need to start asserting their authority as a major club. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be pointing that as a criticism towards the management. You're always going to see links with big clubs. It's what happens. You know, it's part and parcel of being a football club. You know, if we got to the level that Liverpool and City were, we'd be expecting Arsenal to act in the same way and try and poach some of the the best talent from across the country. So I'm not sure that that's something, you know, we can point a finger at the management for, despite our desperation to try and blame them for something. Um, let's move the conversation on. Uh, a player who could play in a similar position to uh, Saka next season, Gabriel Jesus. You know, there are these links cropping up Real Madrid we've seen. Spurs was linked yesterday. I think there was even a report about Chelsea having some kind of interest in him as well. Do you see these Bailey as kind of a pressure to Arsenal these type of links cropping up before maybe we see a deal for you know for him to join Arsenal because you see this type of thing happen tactfully you know with leaks going out that aren't necessarily true to pressure a club into either paying the money that's required or making a decision faster or do you think there is genuine interest from these clubs yeah TC as you said it could go two ways it could either go the way the way you first explained that uh, Gabriel Jesus' camp could be using other clubs to to persuade Arsenal to to get a deal over the land. We saw Juventus done it with Vlaovic and and Arsenal. Vlaovic's camp done that. They used Arsenal as the as the almost pony to to bait to bait Juventus to pay the money. And Jesus' camp could be doing the same thing right now by especially mentioning Tottenham because Arsenal will be like, okay, wait, we can't lose out again on to Spurs. So that could be a reasoning. But at the same time, Jesus is a very good player. He has one year left on his contract. He's not expensive, and it would make sense for the top clubs to to come in for him, especially a club like Tottenham. I think Jesus would actually fit in Spurs' team. Like he could play alongside Harry Kane. He doesn't pay, have to play instead of Harry Kane. He can play on the wing also, so alongside uh, Son as well. But they do have Kulusevski, so they could have more firepower by adding Jesus to the ranks. Of course, Chelsea as well. If they do so, Romelu Lukaku then. Then Jesus is there. There's a free spot for him there also. So it is worrying because he is a good player. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised that Arsenal aren't the only club in for him. But Arsenal really do have to get this deal over the line before we see another situation where we lose out on Jesus and we're all stuck with our hands on our hips like, well, where next? Because at the moment, it does seem like Jesus is our number one target and our only major target. So let's just get this over the line, please. And thank you. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, Chris, obviously we've looked at a player like Jesus go into that City team, rotate, play so many games with Pep Guardiola. And yet sometimes he's still described as, you know, surplus to requirements or, you know, a, a player that is a bit of a bit part player for Guardiola. What do you make of that kind of criticism of, of Jesus? Because from my perspective, you know, Pep Roulette is always going to see rotation in the City team. And, you know, Erling Haaland's arrival, as well as Julian Alvarez, kind of means that, you know, it's sure he might be surplus to, to Haaland, but this is still a quality player that Arsenal can get hold of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think this is the the first time something like this has happened, you know, with a player at Manchester City. I know maybe, OK, um, the circumstances are slightly different, but I remember when Torres was at City a couple of seasons back, obviously they've had Leroy Sane. You know, we're talking mm. about top quality players um, that were doing very well in the Premier League, but all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're looking to move them on. Obviously, like I said, Jesus is a slightly different scenario. Um, he's obviously had to be behind uh, Aguero for the last few years when he was at City, of course. Um, game time hasn't been a, a regular thing always. You know, he's been, like you say, he's been pushed out wide at times. Um, but, you know, that, that versatility that he has has helped him out a lot. And, um, I, yeah, I think it would be harsh to maybe say he's a player surplus to requirements because I think he's played a, a very important part at City, especially season just gone you know he's scoring goals in the Premier League scoring goals in the Champions League um he's very hard working um he you know and he gives his, his all I mean I, I remember when Bailey you were speaking to Alex from the MEN you know full of praise for him um thinks he can even get better as well um which is always a really good thing to hear he's 25 he's still at a very good age and you just think if he is given that key role in a team which sounds like that is what he's looking for he's looking to become a you know the main man is his next club you just think with you know with everything that's spoken about him and how very highly rated he is you watch his games for city you really do think that he can't he won't only just take um maybe arsenal to the next level but his own game to the next little level as well if he is given these opportunities i've done an article which went out live this morning and um, you know, I'm, I'm not too bothered by the reported interest from Tottenham um, or Real Madrid. Juventus as well, obviously, they've got Vlajevic. Real Madrid got Benzema um, and, and Tottenham, as you mentioned there, Bailey. They've already got Kane, Son, Kulusevski on the right. Um, I think if there's any going to be any major competition, it could be from Chelsea, as you say there, Lukaku, Werner, future's uncertain. I think I read even Borussia Dortmund are interested and that sort of makes sense after Haaland's move to City. And obviously, they'll, they'll already be having a sort of a, a communications have been established between those two sides. So that's maybe a link to, to look out for. But I think the, the encouraging thing is, and I remember... Um, Football.London have reported it um, a month or so back that Arsenal and uh, Jesus' representatives have been speaking for quite a long time now and you just hope that that lengthy dialogue um, leads to something positive because obviously there's a relationship that's been built there. Um, his agent even came out and said, didn't he, that, that they liked the sound of the Arsenal project, but six other clubs were interested. So you just hope that Arsenal have done enough. I think it's, you know, you have your opportunity to put the proposal forward to the player and then you have to let the others do it and then you just have to wait and see 
what the player decides. You know, you Arsenal, I think, have done everything they can do. Now it's just a bit of a waiting game. But I've always said that I'm a big fan of Jesus and I would I would love him at Arsenal. Yeah, me too. Look, I think he suits, like, I think, uh, to quote Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast, he fits like a glove to this Arsenal system. I think he you know, fits in perfectly with what we want. Uh, creative, you know, good on the ball, technically gifted. You know, yes, clinical finishing is a question. I mean, he needs to certainly improve on that a bit more. But with more regular game time, I think he'll be given the confidence to improve that area of his game. Finishing is, you know, there's, there's so much obviously technique, but so much of it is about confidence. You, you know, Austin Bailey at six aside with no confidence, Sky, plenty of shots. So it is all about the confidence at the so end cool. of the day. So cool. um, <laughs> when it comes, though, down to the final area of, of transfers, the priority we look towards midfield. Yves Basuma has been putting out some very interesting things on socials, Bailey. It kind of these come get me please, if you will, to use the classic journalistic line on this. Posts about people saying that he's, he's Partey's perfect replacement and all this. We know that there's obviously the the alleged case that's ongoing, which in my opinion has probably been the reason why the links to him have died down so significantly to effectively nothing. And I don't really want to go too much into the idea of us signing him because there genuinely isn't any strong links with Arsenal and Basuma right now. What I want to discuss is this idea, and I, I talked about this this morning, and I said I'd rather sign Yuri Tielemans than Basuma. And ignoring all of the social aspect of that deal, footballistically speaking solely, if we are looking at Basuma, you know, you're looking at a player that's playing in the sixth role. You know, you're looking at someone that's playing the deepest part of the midfield. Partey's playing that position. And I put a piece up uh, this morning about Lekonga already being the signing that we've got for that replacement for Partey. And I, I still stand by that view because Lekonga came in at 21 years of age I thought impressed a lot in his first four months of his, his Arsenal career, was our best midfielder up until the Man United-Everton game where he was dropped when Xhaka returned. And so obviously since that point, hasn't been given the amount of opportunities because they've just not been there. Next season, the Europa League is going to get those chances again to recapture that form that we saw. And so that's why I think that Tielemans, a player that would play you know, slightly further forwards to Partey, not would, wouldn't replace Partey by any means is more important to get that player that could not only be an eight, but also maybe compete for Odegaard's position and add some, you know, competition there, is more important. So how do you feel about the, the Basuma-Tillemans debate? Because there's so many Arsenal fans that have got such this kind of, again, similar to other players we've been linked to, and a bit like Saliba, this cult following around him uh, as well. So how do you feel about that kind of dynamic? Yeah, funny enough, I remember speaking about it just last week when we done the midfielder, Mm. Uh, preferred the field and I put Basuma behind Tielemans simply because Tielemans has more versatility in the midfield. If I was to fight Basuma's corner, I would say Basuma and Thomas Party can play together in bigger way games such as the games like at Old Trafford, the games at Anfield, the games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where we seem to lose and we seem to hide a bit. Our midfield seems to go missing. I think if Tielemans in that midfield, that doesn't change much on the defensive side of things. I still think we'll be incredibly weak. And Bissouma would sort that situation out. However, if Arteta is going to utilise his 4-3-3 formation, then Tielemans is much more suitable. He's box-to-box. He can offer more on the attacking side. And he can play alongside Thomas Party in the smaller games, which are more, more common than the bigger games. And I think Tielemans would be my preferred option because of that reason. And what you mentioned, TC, also, if we are going to... We, Odegaard needs more support this season. He's more mm. chance. He's a player who can also create chances, and Tielemans will offer that more of a chance of doing that than than Basuma. So I'd rather have 
Tielemans in that position. So I would choose Tielemans. Tielemans has more of a have more has a better history behind him. Of course, he, he's played for Belgium. He's played in in the European Championship. He's played in the Champions League. Whereas Basuma is still you could still class him as unproven because he hasn't played. He hasn't made that step to a big club yet. So we shall see. But I'll definitely say. Uh, Tielemans is my preference, but if you, if you asked me ask me this question last year, TC, I would have said Basuma. I would have said Basuma because I think Basuma party would have played well together. But Arteta's Arteta's formations this season, the way he set up his team, I think it's made for Tielemans to come in. So I definitely choose Tielemans, and of course, there's less less drama surrounding him. So yeah, um, very true, Chris. Where do you kind of stand on this idea? How important is a signing like Tielemans in comparison to say the profile of a player like Basuma? I think it is important, and I, I pretty much agree with with everything Bailey said just then. I think you know, Basuma offers a lot of energy um, on the pitch. He's great on the ball, but yeah, again, so is Party, so is so is Granite Xhaka. Um, I think obviously in terms of style of play and and what he offers, obviously being a bit more of a box to box player, you know, you'd, you'd say Thomas Party is, is sort of closer to to to, to him. And I just think, you know, Tielemans would offer us something different. And and we've, we've spoken for a very long time now, and I know I've mentioned it on here before, but our lack of goals from midfield is worrying. And Tielemans would, would instantly improve that. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I can't remember the exact figures um, exactly, but I think that the, the combined goals that, that Partey, um, Xhaka and Elneny have scored since they arrived at the club, it's very, very small. Very, very small. And um, Tielemans has, has scored more than, than all of them combined in the, the same amount of appearances. So, you know, uh, he's great on the ball. He's a great passer. And we also know he's, he's got a very, very um, good eye for goal. OK, I, I understand the, the concerns on the defensive side of his game. But again, I just think it's a really simple thing that Mikel Arteta would be able to improve. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, I think, Bailey, you were speaking to um, someone who reports on Leicester and he was very, um, again, very high praising of, of, of uh, Tielemans, says that he, he's um, very focused, he's got a good attitude, um, works really hard in training. And I think, you know, uh, Mikel Arteta will look, you know, in depth at these these sides of the players, you know, because he wants hard workers, he wants players that are committed, who has great attitude. And Tielemans certainly sounds like he fits that bill. So uh, not only would we be getting a quality player that is Premier League proven, but also, you know, for a very reasonable price by the sounds of things regarding, you know, obviously considering his contract situation. For me, it's a no-brainer with Tielemans. And I think he can become better. And I think he will improve under Mikel Arteta. Um, he'll, he'll set out the expectations. He'll know what he needs to improve on. And, um, yeah, I can just see him fitting in really nicely alongside someone like Thomas Partey, who, you know, we know offers that energy, that more defensive um, side to his game. He has that defensive work rate. And then maybe with Tielemans uh, beside him, maybe a little bit more in front, maybe an advanced uh, central midfield role, um, pulling the strings, scoring the goals. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it worked quite nicely. Mm, yeah, I agree. I think it would. Um, I get the, you know, people in the chat box, um, are saying that, you know, bringing in Basuma because of Partey's injury issues. I get that argument. I do. But look, I think Lukonga is is there. Um, and, you know, Basuma is coming from Brighton, who typically, no matter how long is left on a player contract, get a very good fee, you know, for their players. A very good fee indeed. Um, we've seen 50 million for Ben White. 
Kukurea looks like he's going to go for 40 plus million on quid to Manchester City or Chelsea. Uh, they wanted 40 odd million pounds for Dunk when Leicester tried to sign him. You know, they get huge figures for these players. And Arsenal have got priorities in, in other areas. The number six position for Arsenal, I know that, you know, Partey's injury issues are a worry for people and I get that. But we do have Lukonga at the club. We need to bring in someone that can, like a Tielemans profile, that adds you know strength to that Xhaka role, but also can cover and compete with Martin Odegaard. We've got a, a dire need up top that takes far higher priority than a number six in the midfield for me. Um, we've got this need to possibly bring in cover in the versatile fullback position for next season. You know, bringing in someone that we've already signed in a Lokonga for me is, is not taking up a priority where you'd have to, say, lay down 30, 40 million or quid on Basuma to get him in. Um, it's just not up there in the top of my priorities. And if you spend that much on another position, and I don't think Arsenal intend to spend that much on, you know, a fifth player in, in that kind of ballpark of, of a price tag, you're then taking away from either the Tielemans deal or one of those forward deals. And if you're asking me, would I sign Basuma over Tillemans or one of those two forward positions that we need to bring in? The answer is no for me. I mean, do either of you feel differently about that? I'm seeing shaking heads. So uh, agreement all around. Lovely stuff. Um, Brighton is quite well named in terms of what we're talking about. Brighton Maniac says, well, we're not dreaming and being ambitious for Frankie de Jong. What do you make about this, Bailey? Last kind of question we'll, we'll tackle. He's been made yeah. available in some senses. You know, Barca need money. Um, he wants to stay at Barca. That's what we hear from him. He is better than De, uh, than Tielemans. Like, oh, yeah. In my view, he's a much better player than Tielemans uh, and would offer more. Do you think there's a question mark if he's available why Arsenal shouldn't go for someone like him? Yeah, look, you mentioned that from the Arsenal Vision podcast, I believe, Gabriel Jesus fitting on your hand like a glove. This is De Jong in Arsenal's midfield. He would literally be the perfect, perfect midfielder. But unfortunately, I think a transfer is unrealistic. Uh, he's reportedly having doubts about joining Manchester United under Eric Ten Hag, a manager who, of course, he has a lot of trust in as they had amazing times together at Ajax. And Manchester United are in Europa League. So coming to Arsenal, I think it's even more unlikely. I don't think it's a deal that's possible. I think if we were playing in the Champions League, then maybe we could be a bit more ambitious and try to get his signing because, hey, he did mention that Arsenal, Ajax, Barcelona is his career route and that would be an aspiration for him. But again, with Arsenal's current situation, I don't think it's, re it's a realistic transfer. Also, he'll cost upwards of 58 million, I believe. If we're going to sign him, then that does disrupt other transfers in other areas because I believe we need a fullback still, maybe a centre-back, of course. Jesus might not be guaranteed. Then if we don't get Jesus, then we'll have to play the, play the big bucks for maybe a player like Fitter or Seamhen, which and signing him and the Dion would not make sense. So I think the transfer fee and the players' aspirations makes it deal unlikely, despite him being a perfect fit for Arsenal's midfield. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like I'd love him like to be signing. It would be a great statement of intent. But without without Champions League football, um, and with his clear intent to try and stay at Barca for now, you know, I think that there's not really too much of a chance to see it come in. Uh, Sacham says, Ten Hag will flop. I hope you're right, Sacham. I really do. You know, I, I, I've i said a number of times it will take time for him to yeah. establish what he wants and it's whether or not he gets that time at United and whether or not he has the resources already and what he could get in the summer as well. It's going to be an intriguing summer for Arsenal and our rivals too. We'll, of course, be covering all of that and more. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thanks, mate. Pleasure as always, boys. And uh, yeah, thank you to everyone tuning in this morning. I hope everyone has a great day. Indeed. Bailey, thank you as always, fella. 
Thank you, TC and Chris. I clearly missed the memo about wearing black today, so I apologise for that, lads. And thank you, everyone, in the fair, comment section as I well. I give you a hint about that every day that I wear black. <laughs> <laughs> it's slimming. It's it's slimming. That's what it is. This is what it's for. Uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful away shirt that we've got uh, this season <laughs> that I'm looking forward to ordering immediately. Um, no, thank you, Chatbox, as Bailey said there, for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video before you go. It really does help us out, and we're very close to hitting that 13,000 subscriber mark, just doing a refresh. Did we hit during the live show? Not quite. We're so close. So if you haven't subscribed already, please do. And maybe tomorrow morning we'll be here celebrating a 13K target reached. Thank you very, very much, all of you. Uh, we will see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs> <laughs>